Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word every day for, oh, just about 13 minutes. But even that short period of time, it helps us to stay strong and even grow in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. It also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God, on our souls, to have a more spiritual mindset, more positive way to deal with whatever the day throws at us. And that's very important for us. Now, you know people in your life who need to change their focus in life, the direction of their life, probably some within your own family, in fact. Help them to do this by sharing these short studies with them every day. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe other technological means, but you need to make that commitment. You need to make up your mind and follow through and share with your friends, your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, literally with everybody you can. What a great blessing for somebody to ultimately get to heaven because you got them back into God's word by sharing these short studies with them. But that will also be a great blessing for you. So make up your mind and follow through and start sharing today. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, asking the question, how can I come back to the Lord? Now, we talked about in, in a previous study, and line of thought, we talked about initially, how can I come to the Lord? Jesus extended the great invitation in Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse 28, when he said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, and you will find rest for your souls." Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. So there's the great invitation to come to Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And he is our Savior. He came to seek and to save that which was lost, Luke 19 and verse 10. And that which was lost was you and me, all of humanity for all time. Now, how can I come to Jesus? We talked about that. I must believe in him with all of my heart to be God's son and my Lord and Savior. I must come ready to repent of my sins, humbly, recognizing that I am a sinner, admitting it, recognizing that I need to repent. I must come to him openly owning him, confessing him to be my Lord and Savior, God's son. And I must come to him in humble surrender baptized into him for the remission of my sins, buried with him in the waters of baptism as he was literally buried in that physical tomb. And he came forth, risen from the dead. I would go down into those waters of baptism, dead in sin. I would come up, made alive, made new spiritually, forgiven of my sins, reborn, saved. That's wonderful. Now, why the question, how can I come back to the Lord? And that's the primary focus of this particular line of thought and study. Because people need to understand that it's not just an, an initial coming to the Lord, but I'm entering into a new lifestyle when I do that, a new way of life. I'm becoming a Christian. And Jesus said in Revelation 2 and verse 10, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. Well, so I need to live the life of a Christian. 
a faithful, dedicated Christian, dedicated to Christ, dedicated to God through him for the rest of my life? What if I stumble along the way and I fall back into a life of sin such as I was in before I became a Christian? Now, some people would say, well, I I don't think you can do that. Oh, yes, you can. Absolutely you can. The devil's active out there. As I've said many times, when you're not a Christian, the devil doesn't have to work on you too hard because he's got you. But once you turn your life around and you're baptized into Christ and you're changing your life, you've become a Christian, you've taken up the life of Christianity, oh, the devil, he's going to start working on you harder then because he's going to try to pull you back. Back away from God, back away from faithfulness and righteousness. He's after your soul, your soul's eternal destruction. We read in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10, where John's writing to Christians. He's writing to Christians, and he, he, he admonishes them. Be careful. If you think you're walking with God while you're walking in darkness, and darkness is to illustrate sinfulness, you're living a life of sinfulness again after having become a Christian, he said, you're not in fellowship with God. You're not in fellowship with God. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. Now, John is not saying you made a mistake. You stubbed your toe. Somebody cut you off in traffic and you let out a curse word in the privacy of your own car. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about going back into a life of sinfulness. He said, if you do that, you're no longer in fellowship with God. You need forgiveness. And he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 9 of 1 John chapter 1. Now, you see, many people, they, they have been taught the false doctrine that once you're saved, you're always saved, you cannot be lost. That's not scripture. Else, why would John have written this particular text to Christians, admonishing them to be careful of falling back into ungodliness, sinfulness that could jeopardize their souls for eternity? And we could look at numerous examples of this. Peter writes along this line in 2 Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse 20. Look at what he says. If after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, now again, Peter's writing this to Christians. If after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, now what do you think that means? They've escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They become Christians. They are again entangled in them and overcome They've gone back into a life of sinfulness. Peter says the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. What is the beginning? 
what is the ultimate destination of the sinful outside of Christ? Eternal condemnation and hell. The wages of sin is death. Romans 6 and verse 23. Peter says, if after having become a Christian, they fall back into the ways of sinfulness, in other words, going back into a sinful lifestyle, not make, making a mistake here and there, while trying to stay faithful and live the dedicated life to Christ, but now they go back into sinfulness, he says the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. He goes on in verse 21 and says it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered to them. They've turned away from the way the scriptural teachings of Christianity, of faithfulness to God through Christ. He goes on and says it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Very descriptive, metaphorical kinds of, of, of communication about the person who has been cleansed of the guilt of his sins as he was baptized into Christ, the blood that he shed on the cross at that point, cleansing them of the guilt of their sins. But then they go back into sinfulness. They go back into a lifestyle of sinfulness. He said it's like a dog who has eaten something that made him sick. He threw it up. He goes back and eats it after he threw it up. <laughs> Boy, talk about your repulsive kind of imagery. But he talks about the sow who has been washed. And then as soon as he's been washed, he goes back to the mud hole and gets all full of mud again. Again, rich imagery, trying to get across the gravity, the seriousness of the proposition of going back into a lifestyle of sinfulness after having been forgiven of their sins. The Hebrews writer deals with this subject as well. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 and 27, again, writing to Christians, if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Oh my, my, my. Anyone who re has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment, do you suppose, will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified? Oh, so we're not talking about a sinner who never becomes a Christian, but we're talking about one who had been sanctified through the blood of Christ. He had become a Christian, a common thing, and, ins and, and insulted the spirit of grace. Again, why would the Hebrews writer write such a text if it was impossible for a person, once having been forgiven, once having been saved, if it was impossible for them to become unforgiven of new sins, of a new way of sinfulness in their life? if they had become lost again in their sin. 
There is no other Savior. Turning back, turning my back on my Savior and his sacrifice on the cross is insulting to him, insulting to God for making that sacrifice and Jesus being that sacrifice. Obviously, we have to live the life. Again, what did Jesus say in Romans 12, uh, Revelation 2 and verse 10? Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. If there was no possibility of our becoming unfaithful, and thereby Jesus withholding the crown of life from us, which is eternal life, why would he have said that? Don't let the devil, through any avenue that he might employ, delude you into thinking, all I have to do is say, Jesus, I love you. Come into my heart, and that's it. And you're saved. You can't be lost. No, you're coming out of the starting blocks when you confess your faith in Christ and are baptized into him for the remission of your sins. You're beginning at that point a brand new life in Christ. Redeemed, forgiven, saved. But if you turn your back on that life, you go back into a lost condition. And that's what you need to be aware of. And also be wary of. We'll study some more next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us so much to have sent your son to the cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins and also loving us so much that if we do go astray after coming to you through him, you're giving us time to come to our senses, to repent and come back to you through him. Please, Father, help people to see their need to do exactly that. Please, Father, we pray. We pray for your forgiveness. And please hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.